to the Better Me Podcast. I am your host, Jen, and just a friendly reminder, I'm merely a curious girl looking for a platform to chat, learn, and dish. I'm not a professional therapist or claim to be an expert. Also, in every episode, I can't assure you this is at all appropriate for children, so be aware of that when starting to listen. And with that, let's work on being a better me. Hi, and welcome back to the Better Me Podcast. This is Jen, and joining me today is the woman who birthed me, my mom, Julie. Hi, Mom. Hi, honey. (laughs) Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, aside from the fact that you're my mother? Um... I'm I'm 60 plus years old. <laughs> I'm pretty much semi pretty much all the way retired. I um worked pretty much all my life and it's getting hard to get used to being so free. <laughs> it is. Yes. It's hard to have all this time on your hands because you think you're going to be really productive and then you find yourself being super lazy. Well, don't you sometimes think, like, how did I ever work full-time before? I do. I constantly ask myself that. I, I find myself asking, how did I work a whole day, come home and get all this work done, and now I can't even get it done when I have the whole day free? Well, and can you remember when you had three kids at home and a husband and did all that? Yes, and work <laughs> full time. Well, really, the three kids equated to four because you were married to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we won't talk about that. <laughs> we won't. Well, I maybe. thought we were going to talk no, about that. We could talk about that. I'm just saying. We okay. <laughs> That's fine. We'll we'll go, we'll circle back. Okay. Um. So. You actually asked me to be on my podcast. I did. Because you felt like I wasn't giving you a fair shake. I just, I don't know. I just felt like I was being seen in a negative light. Well, I don't think it's negative. I think it's more like, you know, our humor. Yes. And so, like, Coley and I joked. Our humor is a little bit on the warped side. Well, our brother, or your son, Ralph in particular, he's got a very warped sense of humor. Mm Mm-hmm. And he actually just texted earlier and said that he needs to bring a snake over as a support animal because you drive him nuts. <laughs> I know. But I called him an asshole for you. I know. And so then I took the the first spot because he likes to say he's your favorite. But I if know. I stand up for you, I get to be number one at least for like a 24-hour period. That's true. You guys have to take turns. Because I can't pick one. <laughs> well, you just tell each of us that we're your favorite. and Well, I do. Okay. I just play all, all sides against the middle. <laughs> do you think that most parents have a, a favorite? Um, I think what... It, I, maybe they do, but I think what it is is that you have a favorite in certain respects. You know what I mean? In, in this category, this is my favorite. In this category, this is my favorite. You know what I'm saying? Right. It, having only one child, you kind of don't understand. I do you not. Know? You do not. <laughs> but, um, you know, like... Oh. I never had to pick a favorite. I know. And but I do have two stepdaughters. True. And and I know you have a favorite. Maybe. 
<laughs> I no, I okay. don't. I thought you did. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have a favorite. Okay. <laughs> I would. I would. I just assumed. <laughs> well, is um, was Ralph maybe more so your favorite because he was a boy? I think what it is is, or he it, was just more needy. I think there's a bond between mothers and sons that is different. I don't know oh. how to explain it. Well, I, see, now that's something I would have no idea about. I, I don't understand. I don't know how to explain it, but I've had other people tell me that too, where they have like a certain bond with their son. I think it's because it's a son. You know, I don't know. Huh. I don't know what it is. Well, but then think, again, I have I get I have more in common with you girls, right? As far as I could, I cert, I can't carry on personal conversations with him <laughs> at all. Well, I wouldn't imagine that he's not real touchy feely. No, thank God. <laughs> I can barely carry on a conversation at all. <laughs> we went out to dinner the other night, and I'm like, seriously, can you at least initiate a little of the conversation? I'm constantly. <laughs> He can be a little difficult sometimes. Yeah. Well, that was really hard when he wasn't living here because trying to talk to him on the phone oh, was difficult. I know. And um, so let's talk about that. When he graduated from high school, he immediately went into the Marine Corps and he left, you know, probably what, two months after graduation? No, it was like a week, month and a half. A couple weeks. I thought it was like the first week in July. Well, he graduated but, in the middle of June. Okay. So, so it was just a couple, weeks. it was only a couple weeks, yeah. So how did you feel about sending him away? And in addition to that, 9-11 happened while he was in It was camp. so traumatic. I mean, literally, I was just discussing this with a girl I worked with because her son just went to boot camp. Mm -hmm. And she was a basket case. And I said, oh my God, I was the same way. Yeah. I'm like, I was just literally a basket case. And then I said, not long after he left... It was nine months. When he left for the Marine Corps, I thought, oh, everything's great. You know, it was a real peaceful time in the right. country and everything. All of a sudden, 911 happens, and I'm like, what the hell's going to go on now? You know, here, here, I just gave my son to the military, and look what's going on in the world. Right, right. Well, and then he did um, two tours in Iraq. Mm. Oh, that was hard. Which, I mean, that was very difficult. Too. Oh, yes. I mean, he's, because he's 10 years younger than me, he's always felt more like a son than a brother. Mm -hmm. And I could feel, you know, I could imagine how difficult it was for you because it was difficult for me as well. Oh, yes. But lucky for us, we had um, John. Yeah. And he was able to kind of, you know, bridge the gap, like... He could call Ralph when he was in boot camp. Well, he wasn't really supposed That's to. That's true. He's he my other son. <laughs> he's my other son. Yeah, he has become... I think he's... You love John more than me now. I'm pretty sure that you have loved him I, I don't more tell than her me that, for a though. long time. She just assumes. <laughs> I think it might be a little true. Like, if something ever happened between us, you would blame me. Like you would ask me what, what I did. What did you do? Exactly. <laughs> so now the truth is actually going to come out right here. Uh, well, it's kind of like Cammy. I'm real close to Cammy now. That's Ralph's and, wife. Yes. And if if they're having... Well, like, I would blame him too. I, I do. That's what you're getting <laughs> yeah. at. Of course I'm it would like, be his What did fault. he do? Uh, <laughs> That's of course true. it would be his fault. Yeah, it's always a man's fault, though. I don't well, know. 
Well, not, not John. in this case. Not John. <laughs> not in this case. John can't do any wrong in your oh. eyes. <laughs> Luckily, he's a pretty good one, so you don't have to worry that about anything. That is true. And I tell him all the time that he can never leave me or he'd have to drag me down the driveway kicking and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's go on to something else. Um, we also have uh, another one in the mix, and that's Coley. But and the listeners, if you haven't, um, if you haven't listened to the podcast with my sister, it's fantastic. But she is three years younger than me, and she was always the very cerebral, super smart one, and that was kind of a difficult position to be in sometimes for me, because I always felt like, like Coley was the smart one and Ralph was the boy. So, well, you know what's funny is that this is, see, now remember we were talking about categories? Yes. I go to, you're my go-to, like, when I want to talk about, like, shopping and, you know what I, no, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, fashion, beauty, right. shopping, um, that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, you know, and Coley's the one I go to when I want to talk about books or, um, well, Right, no, I get it, I get it. I'm uh, only laughing because it's... I, you know, we talk about, like, books, movies, you know. Like, last night we went out to dinner and we were talking about, like, this documentary I had watched on the Titanic. You know, I mean, things like, you know, that kind of stuff. I don't know how to explain yeah. it. And then, and then there's Ralph, who doesn't talk. <laughs> but <laughs> he just smart. makes jokes. He makes me laugh. I mean, he... Oh, he does make me laugh. He, he is always coming up with some whoppers. yeah. It's very funny. He cracks me up. Um, yeah, I I don't really want to talk about documentaries most of the time, so it's cool. <laughs> but like you, you know what I'm saying though. It's like she, no, it's fine. She's a, she gets that side of me, and you get this side of me, yeah. and it's well, like, I mean, even John says that she's the smartest person he knows, and she is. if there's ever anything that we go back and forth about, like questioning. She's always the one we're like, well, we'll call Coley, because she'll know. And she usually does. And she usually does. Um, so now, when you got pregnant with me, you were a 17-year-old and a senior in high school. Yeah. And <laughs> I wanted to ask you what it was like being a unmarried pregnant teenager in 1973. Because that had to be extremely difficult. It was quite difficult. It's it's really quite funny because uh, people that had treated me a certain way suddenly treated me a whole different way. Like, right. Um, because you were a very smart, studious... Oh, I was, I was a student and I had... Perfect child. I was like friends with... Friendly with a lot of my teachers, and uh, all of a sudden, like they wouldn't give me the time of day. Wow! And I tried; they wouldn't allow me to go to school. That's crazy. I couldn't finish. I was a senior in high school, and I had to do my work from home, which I did, and I passed with flying colors, and I was able to graduate with my class, but. When I turned my work in, I was I got the cold shoulder. It was wow. like it was ridiculous. I mean, because a couple of the teachers I really liked before, 
And then all of a sudden it was like, seriously, you know. And the worst part of it was, is back then was, I wasn't doing, I didn't do anything different than 90% of the girls in my class. Right, they just didn't get They just didn't get caught, basically. And it, that's what irritated me the most was it's like, how, you know, don't look down your nose at me when you know you're doing the same thing. Right, right. And that, uh. And so it was 1973, you were 17 when you got pregnant. I was born in March and you had turned 18. In December. And then you graduated in June, I assume. So, um, so I was just a couple months old when you went to graduation. Mm -hmm. How crazy. I know. You were there. (laughs) You were there sitting on my mom's Well, I remember actually going to one of your high school reunions with you and everyone was like, oh, this is the one. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. You did. But we, um, we ended up, you didn't marry my dad and my, or I should say my father. Thank was not my dad. But, um, we were supposed to, Yeah, that was another really, I mean, like right away it was like, okay, you know, I'm, you're pregnant and you have to get married. You know what I mean? And, right. and I just, the more I thought about it, it just scared the hell out of me because I'm like, I don't, I can't see settling down with this guy. I mean, he, it was a party situation. You know, we were partiers, right. you know what I mean? It was the seventies. Okay. You know, so what we did together, it's like we smoked dope. We, you know, I mean, I'll be honest with right. you. He was a total, total doper. I mean, right. and I mean, that's, I, all of a sudden, well, here I'm an I am, alcoholic, which is, yeah, well, I think that was later though. I mean, because oh. at the time, at that time, it was more, more, uh, marijuana. Okay. But, um, well, it was like the time of like Vietnam and stuff. Yeah. Too, and he was a Marine as well. Yeah. And I, um, I just kept thinking about it and thinking, oh my God, I don't, I can't see the rest of my life with this person. Not to mention, I really don't want to live in Alabama. Right. I mean. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong no, with Alabama. No, but I'm just saying. You don't want to leave your family and your friends. Right. And, uh, everything you know. I just, <clears throat> I, it was the hardest thing I ever did was have to sit my parents down and say, please. I don't want to get married. And my mother was like, thank God. Because I think they thought the same thing, that I was making a huge mistake, that it would right. have been would have been a huge mistake. Right. Well, so. you know, and um, this is probably going to make us both cry, but um, a few times when I sat down and had, like, heart-to-hearts with Grandma D, um, and for those of you who don't know, we lost her uh, a year and a half ago, but... Um, she said that when you told her you didn't want to marry him, that she was completely behind you and supportive. Oh, and yeah. I thought, that's amazing for a mother in 1973 yeah. to, to feel that way. Well, at the time, my parents were going through a lot of marital problems, too. Right. And, which I unfortunately was in the middle of because mm-hmm. I was still living at home. Right. Well, and we, we ended up living with them. We did. Yeah. And it was really awful. I mean, and my mother always felt like she was forced to get married. You know, I mean, it was, I think she thought she made a mistake, you know, and, but that's, well, that is what it is. But, uh, well, it's a good thing that, um, 
you know, your parents are your parents and their marriage is their marriage and that their marriage doesn't really have to do with you. I don't think. True. It's just hard when you're kind of an adult. I mean, I, I consider myself an adult because I was 18 and living, and I had a child right. living there. And when you're an adult listening to that and watching it. Right. And you loved both your parents. Exactly. That was the hardest part is because I could see, I could see what was wrong with both of them, you know right. what I'm saying? But then right. again, I would, I could see what was right about them too. It was like, it was really hard. Yeah, that's a bad position to be in. It, um, well, and you definitely take after your father. Yes. In a lot of ways. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I never saw him as anything but like an awesome person. And I know he uh, had his faults, but um, to me, he was like a hero. And uh, and he ended up passing away way too soon, way too early really? in life. He was actually about your age. That tell me because it scares me a lot. Yeah. It. Uh, he was sixty five. He had just retired. It's crazy, and he had like the most amazing work ethic. Oh my gosh. We, I was just talking to somebody about this the other day. I said, I was brought up that you went to work no matter what. And I, my favorite story about my dad is when you were a baby, it was we had a huge snowstorm right the, about two weeks after you were born. In the middle of April, we had this huge snowstorm. And it was unbelievable. It was We had so much snow. And my dad left for work in the morning he made it like a couple miles down the road and his truck got stuck and he walked the rest of the way <laughs> to Waukesha. From Pewaukee. From, well, it was, we li- at the time we lived out on Highway SS. So for reference, so, that was probably so how many miles? Would you five. Say? That's crazy. I mean, it was just nuts. I'm like, at that point, at what point don't you call your boss and say, "Hey, I'm stuck in a snowbank. I'm not coming in." But he just but he just that walked. Way. I'm like, oh my god! And that's how we were brought up. It's like you don't, you don't call in sick every day, you know, and you don't right. like pretend you're sick or you don't. Well, he was in the navy, and he was like the equivalent of like what a um, uh, navy seal would be today. Is that correct? I really don't know. I think they were called like CBs or something like that. No, I think CBs were more like architects or something, weren't they? CBs, weren't they like builders? Uh, well, yeah. It, it was something like that though, right? And he I'm, was not, like in Pearl Harbor. I'm not exactly sure. I know he was on a ship. I know he was at Pearl Harbor. Yeah, it, tough as nails, that guy. I know. Um, so... So the dynamic of you growing up, do you feel like that shaped you? Like that your parents, you know, maybe didn't show as much love to each other? I think so. They, I mean, it was like my, there was never real a lot of open displays of affection. Right. <laughs> you know. Which is funny that that kind of spilled over to then your marriage. True. Because there really wasn't any, like, I always joke, well... I always joke with Willie, my present husband, that I sometimes feel like I married my dad. Right. Because he's kind of the same way as my dad. I mean, he he's not like real touchy-feely. Right. You know, he's not like real like... 
Well, I meant to my who oh. would become my stepdad. Okay. And Colleen Ralph's dad. Yeah. I mean, and I mean Willie. Willie's like, I guess he is a lot like Grandpa Duke in that way. But I think that you ended up in your first marriage with someone who wasn't super like. I mean, do you feel like you were ever really like head over heels in love with him? No. Right. And I mean, in hindsight, honestly, I think I rushed into getting married because I needed to be married. Right. I All my friends were getting married. I had this child and I'm like, I better take the first offer I get. You know what I mean? Because I'm never going to get another one. You know what I mean? It's hard to explain. But I... And I was living in North Carolina with Mickey and Scott. Mm -hmm. And... Your sister and and brother-in-law. And I saw their life. And I wanted that life. I wanted to be them. Right. And that's the way I looked at it at the time. I was like, oh my God, if I marry this guy, he's like Scott's... like. Because he was a Marine. Too. Yeah, and they were and both, so they were kind of like in the same, they were in the same outfit and, you know, they did the same thing. And right. it was like, I kind of felt like I was going to have, I was going to be living the same life. And for a little while, when we were living down there and he was in the Marine Corps, it was great, you in, know. We had fun. In North Carolina. Yeah, we had fun in that. But as soon as he got out yeah. and we returned to reality... It was like a whole different ball game. Right, right. Well, he, I think too that he was struggling with some mental illness that was never diagnosed. I think so too. So um, it ended up being then that uh, that your marriage sucked, and I had a really terrible relationship with him. Yeah, I mean, if you seriously, if you guys knew how much I regret having, I mean, not having you guys, but um, putting you kids in that situation with him. I mean, seriously, it's like, now I look back and I think, oh my God, what in the hell are you thinking? were you thinking? You should have got out years ago, you know? Well, I just didn't have the resources. Right. Because I, I remember, oh my God, probably 10 years before I actually did get divorced I remember we were at a family reunion and he was going through his antics and I remember my dad who never said anything about anything personal taking me aside and saying you need to get rid of this guy you need to get away from this guy I remember that family reunion because um, he spanked me with a belt at the reunion right and he was he was just going through his act that day yeah well, and I think Grandpa Duke had a bit of a soft spot for me. Yeah. And so perhaps that was part of the reason too. Oh. But hindsight's twenty twenty. Yep. You know. <laughs> it is what it is. I and couldn't. I couldn't do anything until I could stand on my own two feet. On the upside, I did not um, ever feel pressure to marry anyone. That's good. I always thought that I would only get married if I met somebody that I felt like I couldn't live without. And that would be, <laughs> that would be John, your favorite. And, um, and I feel like together he and I have showed 
our daughters what to wait for, mm-hmm. which, you know, I, I feel like everything in, le- in life ends up being some kind of a lesson, you know? So true. And I definitely felt like you worked so hard for us. Like you were constantly working. I know. And I feel, I feel like that's all I did. Yeah, you really did. Uh, but it didn't go unnoticed and it was appreciated. Well, that's good. So uh, I, hopefully that makes up for the podcast. You didn't think I said anything nice about okay, you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, um, Okay, so, uh, all right, this is going to be a rough part. So, you had three siblings. Your mom had, uh, your mom had, like, lots of foster children. I had two siblings. I'm sorry, you had two siblings, or three of you. Um, your mom took on, what, did she have 27 foster children over the course? No, 39 39 foster yeah. children over the course of how many years? Oh, gosh. I want to say it was like maybe six, five or six years. Okay. That's nuts. It was awesome. I mean... You loved it. It was like... I mean, there we had new babies in the house all the time. It was really... <laughs> it was actually... I almost wish you could do that nowadays. It was like... so. It was actually really cool. Can't you foster babies anymore? I don't... There aren't as many as there used to be. Well, This was the 60s. Yeah. I mean, you know how many... Uh, there were a lot more adoptions than... Okay. Than there are now. There a lot of... Like, nowadays, people are either aborting... Or they're keeping their babies. Right. Back that then, back then it was there were weren't really those options. I mean, right. And more people. There were several people where we fostered the baby, and then the mother took, ended up taking the baby back. Right. There were several of those situations, and my mother actually stayed in contact with quite a few of those girls. And she was still friends with those girls or women when she passed away. I mean, like, yeah. like, um, uh, Joe, uh, I want to say, oh my gosh, I can't think of her name. Up, the people that live up north, you know, um, oh, never mind. Well, anyway, I'll think of it. She, so she did maintain relationships with a lot of the children and a lot of the, and, and a lot, parents. I mean, the parents, yeah. Okay. I mean, some of the parents did marry, did ended up did that did end up getting married to each other. Right. And Elaine, that's what I want to say, oh, because okay. Elaine ended up marrying the father of her baby. Oh. And she, um, my mom was still like really good friends with Elaine and with the baby, and I can't remember her name. Oh my gosh. Oh, maybe it'll come. Tracy. Tracy. Oh yeah. Tracy. Okay. So they, um, so you have an older sister and how much older is she? Six. Six years older. Yeah. So she's 70 and, um, then you had a younger brother who was one of the foster children and Mm -hmm. ended up being adopted by your parents. Yep. And that was uncle John. Yeah. And, um, so how old was he when he came to stay with you guys? He was brand a brand new baby. They most all the babies came from right from the hospital. Oh, okay. Most of the babies that we got were like three or four days old when they when we got them. Okay. And 
the reason that we had him so long and he wasn't adopted out was because they thought he had muscular dystrophy because he had oh. problems with the muscles in his legs and they they were they were like monitoring his development. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah, and um, but I mean everything. And he actually grew out of whatever the symptoms were. He grew out of, but by that time, here's we have a toddler, right? And I, I just think my parents were so, especially my dad was so, so attached, attached to this child that there's no way they could let him go. Right. There was another baby that we had before John. That was, oh my God, I love that kid, Jimmy. I loved him so much. He was so <laughs> cute. He was half black and half white. Uh-huh. And they had, a, they had a really hard time adopting him out because nobody wanted a mixed-race child. He was so freaking adorable. And we had him for almost a year. And wow. my parents wanted to adopt him. Yeah. And pastor sat him down and had a talk with him and said that it would never be accepted in Pewaukee. <gasps> that You're that they would be they would probably be ostracized by people in the church. Oh my and gosh. Seriously, this of course it was the sixties. That is terrible. But it was that's how Pewaukee used to be. I mean so did it he was ha- so was he adopted He ended then? up he did end up getting adopted out at and but that was the hardest saying goodbye to that little baby was so oh. hard because he was like a year old. Yeah. And he was so goddamn cute. I was like, oh, I love that crazy. kid so much. Wow, have times changed. Thank God. I know. And you know what kills me the most is the fact that... That a pastor would was, say that? And I loved Pastor Anderson. I honestly... I loved him. And he's... It was just like, wow. You know? Well, I mean, maybe I... I I mean, I hate to say it, but maybe he was trying to just save them from. I think that's what it, I don't think maybe like, I don't think maybe those weren't his personal views, but I think he was being the voice of of uh, the congregation, right? Or trying to say that I'm worried about you. This is what's going to happen, right? You know, right? But people aren't going to, you crazy. know, it it is. Wow. So, um, so how old was John then when he was, uh, officially adopted? Oh, just like one or two years old or a little over a year, maybe between one and two. Okay. He was, I mean, it was, he was like a toddler. Okay. And he was pretty much a hellion. I mean, of course, (laughs) of course Uh, we all loved him. He was actually, I, he lived at your parents' house, uh-huh. and then we moved in there, yeah. the two of us. Well, I mean, you yeah. were living there. I, I moved in yeah. <laughs> when I was born. Um, and then my parents separated. Okay. And they sold the house. Right. And you and I moved to an apartment. Okay. And John and my mom moved to an apartment, I believe. Okay. And my dad had his own apartment. Right. And then the two of them, um, your mom and dad, married other people eventually. Yeah. And, and then and John your, got stuck with Lauren. Yeah. Then <sighs> Grandma married a, a super abusive Alcoholic. Guy, alcoholic. And he um, was not good to John. 
and That's where it all went downhill. <laughs> he ended up getting into a lot of trouble. So he started using, well, he was drinking a lot, and he started using drugs. Oh, yeah. And when he was sober, he was, like, such an awesome person. I know. And so handsome. And then when he started doing drugs, he turned into a big asshole. Mm. Um, And it ended up taking his life eventually. So... Uh, basically, I wanted to know like what the, that possibly feels like when you lose someone so young, because he was quite a bit younger than you. I mean, he was probably closer to my age. Yeah. It's, it still hurts. I, yeah. I, can't, I still can't talk about it. it. It's devastating. It is. It's like, that was like one of the worst days of my whole life. Yeah. It was... When my I, I don't know how my mother had to have been the strongest person in, in order for her to go in there and find him like that. Yeah. That was just, I, I can't believe she she made it. I mean, she... Like how she didn't cry every day. I know. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, and it was for her to go through that, I just can't even imagine. that would, It would kill me if something happened to one of my kids. Oh, for sure. I can't imagine it either. Honestly, it's like the thing nightmares are made of. It is. Um, no, I, I knew this was going to be a really That's a joke stuff. because it's like, I know you guys always think that I'm a little bit on the anal side because I'll be like, be careful driving. I call Ralph like every day, be careful driving tonight. <laughs> and and Coley too, she'll, she'll leave our house or something and I'll be like, I'm like, no, be careful driving when you go home or be careful driving to work in the morning. And she's always like, oh, my God. They're always like, oh, my God, Mom, calm down. Well, you just listened to the podcast I did with Max. She said the same thing that when she was driving and I texted her and called her because she wouldn't answer me. I was like, you were driving. I thought you got in an accident. (laughs) That was so funny. Yeah, I I mean, I know. I can. It it is. It's so, it's like you're always like, I think like, losing your child is just a whole different kind of pain. I, I, I don't know how people deal with that. I, re- I really don't. Yeah, I don't either. But we had this, uh, Nicole and I had this conversation last night. We were talking about one of these abduction cases. Oh. And I said, it's bad enough losing your child and not knowing where they are. Oh. But then to have them suspect you... Oh, of of yeah. the crime, and then if you know in your heart you had nothing to do with it, and they're not looking for the person that did it, they're looking at you, and it's, I can't even imagine how that would feel. Right, yeah, I that would be the worst. Oh. I mean, the idea of your child being abducted and not knowing, I mean, it'd be horrible to know that they were killed. I know. But to not know what situation they're in, I, it, oh my gosh, would be torture. Pure torture. I honestly, I don't know how you go on. I really don't. I don't either. Um, So okay, let's go to something a little bit lighter. Yeah, this is real heavy. It is. (laughs) Um, One of the things that I got from you was uh, your cooking and baking. I love that, and that was something that you loved. I did. Life. I used to have bake sales when I was like ten years old. I have bake sales. Fantastic. It was like, oh my god, I'd, I'd be I'd be baking all day and then we'd sell all the stuff. It was a little entrepreneur. Oh my god, it was funny. I like it. 
I, oh. Yeah, I enjoy it too. I, I think, I, well, I always joke with John that I, um, it's my love language. I love people with food. Um, but I think I definitely got that from you. I always remember you making that fucking rice pudding or... <laughs> no, it wasn't rice pudding. Tapioca pudding. I ate rice pudding, but tapioca is the bomb. That was like swallowing Or boogers. egg custard. Swallowing boogers. Egg custard. <laughs> That's what it made Grandma me think used of. To, Grandma used to always love when I make her an egg custard. And now I'm like, I can't even bring myself to make one. Aww. It's like, but I love it. Well, you should. I should. It'd be like a, like, uh, you could cheers your spoon. Uh. <laughs> no, that grossed me out. And as much as Colleen, I would give you total shit about a lot of the things you were making. You love cheeseburger pie. <laughs> okay, I didn't love it then, but now as an adult, I'm like, God, I miss that shit. <laughs> bread on meat. Bread on meat. That was, we, no, Colleen, I called it meat on bread. It was, <laughs> it was basically just ground beef in a patty form, stuck no, on a piece of white no, wonder bread. No, 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 no. First of all, it had stuff it had mixed chunk, in. It, had it was stuff mixed into the bread, it it into the meat. Chunks of cheese. Onions. Onions. Seasonings. Seasonings. <laughs> and by seasonings, you mean salt and pepper. <laughs> 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 it was stuck on a piece of Wonder Bread <laughs> and broiled and broiled. It wasn't where... what I never used Wonder Bread ever. Okay, white, it was like French white bread. bread. <laughs> so the outside of the bread was a tasty, toasty treat, but the underneath the part of the meat soggy was gray. it was like a soggy, gray, mushy. You know, bread. I may have to go home and make those because <laughs> it's <sounds> pretty good. <laughs> no. Or my favorite was when you would just melt the cheese in a pan and put it on a piece of bread. Oh my God, I still do that. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Culinary genius. No, my dad used to make that. That's what my dad. Well, he was a good cook. We're... He used to make the salmon patties. Okay. It's not as bad as when we were kids and we'd spend the night at my aunt and uncle's house on the farm. Yes. And. Their treat at night was cottage cheese with maple syrup on. That's fucking disgusting. And I think back to eating that now, and I'm like, oh, God. Sick. Well, one thing that we used to like is if there was leftover rice, and we would put milk and cinnamon, cinnamon and, sugar. and sugar on it. That's, oh, my God, I haven't had that in years. Are you going to go home and have that, too? Maybe. Okay. I don't have any milk. I don't, eat, I don't drink <laughs> milk. I don't either. I'll never buy it. Oh, well, this was super fun, Mom. Oh. <laughs> I'm glad that we ended on the big laugh with the, the with... meat on bread. <laughs> there had to be a few others that were forgetting. Well, it, I mean, the rest of them were, well, were good. You got to understand, I was on quite a limited budget. Right. Quite a limited budget. You could only do so much with hamburger. Yeah. And back then, I mean, you could buy a, a package of hamburger for like $1.99. And, I mean, it, it served a family of five, you know, I mean. Yeah, that stretched well. And a couple uh, of cubes of government cheese in that meat, and good to go. Onion. And salt <laughs> well, and pepper. I forgot, I forgot and all seasonings. the onion and the seasonings. <laughs> you forgot seasonings. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, well, thanks, Mom. And okay, I'm sorry honey. if you felt like 
you were getting a bad rap. I vindicated myself. Now. Yes. Um, thank you so much for coming over early today before a little family barbecue on this Labor Day weekend. And oh. thanks for uh, being super open and no getting down and dirty. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode with my mom. And please follow me on Instagram at Better Me Podcast. And if you have any questions or comments or ideas for future shows, you can email me at bettermepodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to hop on Apple and rate me five stars and give me a review. And if you give me a good review, I will read it on the next episode. Thanks so much. And... Mom, would you like to say goodbye to the people? Goodbye, people. (laughs) Thank you so much. We'll talk soon.